Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. We're out of Thanksgiving. We're heading into Christmas. And for a theme today, uh, we thought we'd discuss um, adapting to what is kind of a core tenet of emotional sobriety. It's really true, Patrick. It's like we've all been on the front line you know, in Ukraine, and each one of us gets wounded, and we're sent back for the injured reserve for a while. Mm-hmm. And then our, now we're all we're all kind of crawling back up to getting back online again. Right. None of us are whole at this point in time. I mean, we're in various stages of trying to get whole. But, but that's why I did think it would be a good idea to talk about adapting to what is because adaptation is one of the things that is so powerful about all the species on our planet. But human beings are are particularly adept and skilled and, and talented at adapting to all kinds of environments and situations. And, and I'm not just talking about physical environments. I'm talking about emotional climates, uh, emotional abuse, emotional trauma. I mean, we are a remarkable species. And I'm all the time, I'm just impressed with our ability to cope with some situations that are just horrendous. You know what? It, what you just said made me think, that, and this is, this, is, this is the rule, I think, with human beings more than the exception, is we also are extremely adept at resisting adaptation i mean i mean as, as human being i don't think i don't think other animals resist adaptation the way we do it's it's like now you're right we have the capacity to do so much more and somebody wants me to change heels dig in you yeah. know no i before i even think about what it is somebody's asking me to do or what the situation is calling for me to do and and, and i can definitely identify with that with with the, with the stuff i'm working with now with this uh uh recovery i'm doing it's it's like um part of part of it is really the message i need to get is is get over yourself tom just do it you know quit quit fighting it because i really am i am being openly resistant to it oh you're you were talking to us about that before we went on about mm-hmm. how you're trying to make this transition from having a feeding tube right mm-hmm. to actually eating to eating with eating with my mouth which i which i want to eat more than i want to do anything else in the world but it's it's so uncomfortable and so unpleasant to eat now i absolutely are capable of, of, of doing what i need to do but it, it's like what i was and i was saying this to patrick a little bit before you got on is 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 I am aware that that I have also, and again, this is one of the things that where we really do really fuels our our resistance to, to adaptation is just fear. You know, I've I've had enough enough difficult situations with that, and in, in early on painful situations that I just I'm afraid enough of it to where I keep post postponing it. Like I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Um, but it's it's really me just putting off the inevitable, and so the the thing is. But but I like the idea of, of starting this with the idea that we are we are as human beings we are we are the best at we are amazing at ad- adapting and we are amazing at resisting it. Well, in in what you just did, you just described the two forces that are inside of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Resistance is not a bad thing because the resistance is saying, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about this before you do it, right? I mean, it's it's almost like that, you know, that it's it's a well a yeah, that's why you have to have that, you know, that decision maker. I think I think it's in the the self-forgiveness handbook. I described the the decision maker that basically he's he's the one that, that just he listens to what all whatever all the other voices say and then decides. Yeah, you well, know? like right now, your resistance is to avoid pain. Right. It, and, and, and discomfort of anything. I just I just want to avoid it. Yeah. And that's not a terrible thing. No, no. We've got to the way Kempler said this is that we've got to respect fear, but not give it privilege. That's right. We got to respect fear, but not give it privilege. And the resistance comes from fear. Yeah. It's going to hurt. This is going to be uncomfortable. Uh, it's going to feel alien to me. It's going to feel different. You know, and like I said, each one of us are going through that. In fact, here comes my little darling Cecilia, my little Christmas fairy. Oh, she's hiding under the table right now. But that's one of my adaptations mm -hmm. right now, as we were talking about. You know, here mm -hmm. I am now dealing with this time of year, being a single parent dad and having these two lovely little girls in my life. Mm -hmm. And trying to figure a way to have this to be a, a real, you know, positive experience for them, you know, mm -hmm. and still respecting and, and recognizing that there's a backdrop of a lot of sorrow to this. Mm -hmm. So what are you adapting yeah. to, Patrick? Well, uh, before answering that, I, it just occurred to me that um, the ritual of being in active addiction um essentially just doing the same thing every single day to maintain a habit, right? There's so, there's a kind of like um, right. part of uh, in it, what's in the mix, right? Of like how we can be glued glued to an addictive program for so long is that uh, it, it, it asks no further adaptations of us, right? It's a way of kind of uh, being the bubble boy uh, for uh, years upon years. Uh, what I would say, I say it different than that, Patrick. Our addict self does adapt. It adapts to the point where it hijacks our whole self, right? To the point where you don't even know that there's another part of you other than your addiction. See, so that what we see is right. that there is an adaptation to the addict self. It, it, it eclipses. Yeah, it, it does. It really eclipses the rest of you. more and more control over you because it's trying to be what it can be. You right. remember that discussion I had about how... What we're always doing, right, is we are always actualizing whatever tendency is possible at that given moment. So mm -hmm. our addict self becomes the best addict self it can be. There's mm -hmm. no half measures when we're addicts. Think about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, were you a half measured addict? Did you just use a little bit and then put it away? Come on. No. And you know what? The, the extent to which we can recognize how overachieving that part of ourselves is, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's something that can help us. Uh, to believe in ourselves, I believe, in our different capacities, our more useful Beautiful. capacities. Well, that's yeah. what happens in recovery, man. See, so what we do is now, I've also often described this as like we got miracle grow inside of us. Mm -hmm. You know, you throw it on healthy grass and it grows beautifully and green or plants, but you put it on weeds and it grows the hell out of weeds. Mm -hmm. It just grows whatever you put it on. And mm -hmm. when we actualize an addict self or when we actualize a concept of who we should be, we try to do that in the best way we can. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, you know, that's where that force 
can be a problem, and it's also a blessing for each of us. Well, it's it's one of the things that, that I think in treating treating addiction and going through the recovery process ourselves that that people get to, which which is when you realize that your the the addict self does not think twice about giving it all, giving us all, being completely determined. And our recovery self, once it's, it's discovered and, and we begin to develop it, does have a tendency to move into sort of this half-assed position, yeah. you know. And so the, the the being able to point out to people that your ha- half-assed recovery, you know, is, is not going to be able to is not going to come out on top. You got you got to, and I think that what Patrick said it in the way that, that that I had never thought about it, but just actually realize. You know the 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 addict self is actually a role model at that point. You go like, no, you you want to be you want to be as determined and as and as a hundred percent into this as your addict self is. Right on. And, and you need to do that. And well, and and we say that in the program. They they write it in the program. There no there are no half measures. You know you know and uh, we have to we we do we do we do this all or this is an all or nothing thing. One thing um, recoveries. Uh, it, there's kind of a cumulative effect with it, or it's, it's helped me um, across the board with a bunch of different things in life as I've continued it and not interrupted it uh, with a relapse uh, this time around anyway, is like, it's helped me to qualify this belief in myself uh, that I could do new things that I'd never done before. Um, because I think, you know, a lot of my resistance adaptation is very fear-based, you know, like maybe this won't work out or maybe I'll be bad at it or, you know, like, uh, maybe I'll fall on my ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the, but the further I go and the more I kind of um, build up that evidence to the contrary, I guess, um, the more willing I am to kind of go out on a limb. And, uh, you know, I mean, but I, I'm still I still fight it a ton. I mean, I'm, you know, um, I'm writing a lot now in my infirmity um, mm-hmm. because uh, I've, I've assigned a deadline for myself to get this uh, screenplay out by the first. And um I have a, a fundamental belief, I think, whenever I sit down that I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, no matter what I do, you know, no matter how uh, and I do a lot of research and, you know, I do a lot of pre-writing and different things to kind of like bolster this belief that I can uh, that I have an imagination and that I can, you know, <laughs> construct these scenarios. But um, but anyway, I guess the work I do in recovery and that's a good example. Though. Yeah, exactly. It's an example of adaptation. You're not able to do other things. So what you're doing is, is you're using that time that would have been devoted to other activities in your life, working out, whatever it would be, to writing and see. So you're adapting to actualize whatever is possible. And see, that was the insight that Kurt Goldstein had. He was looking at these brain injured guys that were coming back from World War One. And, and he was seeing that even though they had these traumatic brain injuries and they weren't capable of certain things, whatever they were capable of, they actualized to the full potential. Hmm. He right. called that self-actualization. And he was talking about this stuff in the 1930s, guys. Mm-hmm. This was way before Maslow picked up the idea of self-actualization, started to study it in human beings. I mean, in 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 normal people right to just to mm-hmm. see what the normal experience was mm-hmm. but it's the same force that's at work in our life and that's part of our adaptation mm-hmm. so you're talking how else have you adapted you were talking about the shower earlier what happened in the shower today ah yes so first shower yesterday without the leg brace and um i realized uh after i'd already gotten wet 
uh, that uh, I I didn't have my towel with me. And for me to put the leg brace back on and to be able to stand and kind of like get dressed and kind of, because it's an outside shower. And so uh, anyway, I was kind of freaking out because like um, I'm just deathly afraid of walking around without a leg brace. And uh, anyway, I uh, I kind of end up having to scooch the, uh, the little, uh, you know, the little shower chair. Um, it was like uh, it was like in a movie, you know, when the uh, the good guys are tied up and they've got to like kind of like inch little by little <laughs> yeah, across I, the floor I, to kind of like get the. Uh, that's a really easy visual for me. I can get yeah. that. I remember. So that was, yeah. So that was an adaptation. I mean, uh, I um, and it and it worked out. You know what I mean? But hey, when I when I start these days, when I start a shower, I'm not entirely sure that I I'll be able to do it. it it's really very difficult to, to to take a good shower or a full shower. Um, without a couple of limbs to help me do the deal. Yeah, I hear you, man. And, and, and I'm adapting, you know, with this, like I said, with the girls and trying to, you know, one of the the silver linings in in this, you know, painful experience I've been going through is I got to be a lot closer to my little love girls, my little love bugs. Well, let me, let me also just say, so be, being in the moment that, that Patrick just did a great job of adapting because while while he's talking and, and making as much all that sense, I I Cece, Cece's, uh on the screen and I'm and I'm showing her all my toys on my desk here, my little Snoopy, my little dancing Snoopy, and my Batman, all this other stuff. And, and Patrick is is just talking like nothing's happening, and, right and, and it's like Cece and Alan are just laughing their asses off, and I'm just sitting over here playing, and and and, and Patrick's holding the whole podcast up himself right there. Pat, Patrick, that's it. That's it. But, that's but, ad, that's yeah. adaptation. That's adaptation. And your ability to do that is a real positive thing. It's not to let us goofballs distract you. Well, it's uh, Cece always gives me a charge when I see her. She's uh, she's the best. You want to tell everybody happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Cece? That there's a lot of people listening to oh, 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 The Grinch just called. It's the green Grinch phone that Tom has. <laughs> You stay away. You stay away. <laughs> oh, I told the Grinch to stay away this year, so he's not. I hung up on the Grinch. You want to tell? You want to say ha Merry Christmas to everybody and, and Happy Holidays? No, okay, you don't have to. If you wanted to, you can do it. Well, I'll say uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you. And uh, I, he I hear that there's some ornaments you guys are opening. That's pretty cool. Me, me. Yeah, yeah. Decorating is one of my favorite things in the holidays. Me too. And I love every year to go to the Hallmark store after Christmas is over and they have the ornament sale. And I always oh. buy <laughs> half a dozen ornaments for the next year. Oh, very, that's beautiful. That's a great idea. Very forward a, thinking. So we've got downstairs. I'll tell you some of the ornaments that are on. I'm a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Me too. It's what? what? Two Oogie Boogies. We got two Oogie Boogies? Oh my God. We have oh, can I... Can I tell you guys real quick? I, I need to make a Nightmare Before Christmas reference. When I fell off the cliff and uh, broke everything, I felt a bit like Sally when she uh, falls and her oh, arms come across. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, Stand back, Patrick, so see, see, he can see your. your of course. Your, he's got a brace sounds like because he hurt himself real bad in his arm. You see? You see what happened? Now, wait, you'll see when he goes Where back. Do you see his leg? Where do you see his leg? See that? No. Oh no, I know, and he's got his crutch. Oh, okay. machine gun crutch. Uh oh. Uh huh. Who did all those movies, Patrick, with the uh, 
with, with the one le- with the one legged machine gun. She picks up her leg and she's got a machine gun in it. <laughs> well, yeah, I my where where my uh, dumb brain goes is I got to turn everything into an action scene. So you know, you got I got a crutch yeah. and that it becomes a gun. Right. Yeah. How are you feeling, by the way, Patrick? You starting to get less have less pain or? Yeah, I am, and you know, uh, I um, I'm very intent on not re-injuring myself. I, there's definitely the danger as I become more mobile, but I'm not fully well to make a mistake and slip or whatever. But um, I, uh, yeah, I want to keep on this track of getting better and better. You know, I don't want to, uh, so doing my best with that. Um, but I, I, I wanted to ask uh, because, and maybe this can be a little bit of a prelude to uh any content we end up doing for the holidays around emotional sobriety but um you mentioned adapting as a single dad to christmas alan and uh what does that look like uh for you at at this point in time i imagine it gets pretty heavy well it does i mean part of what it looks like is that um because i had the girls during thanksgiving she's going to have them over to christmas holiday and she's going to go to north carolina to spend it with her family so they won't be here for Christmas Day, actually. So I won't have them this year. And that's why we're getting the tree set up today. And we're really going to be to have the Christmas spirit before they go and after they go and probably celebrate Christmas after they come back on the they'll be back on the 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I decided to take care of myself and I scheduled a trip back to Los Angeles. And I'm going to spend it with my daughter and with uh Oh my God, you guys, Cece has brought you a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas. There is Sally. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love Sally so much. That's Sally, yeah. Oogie Boogie. And we have- <laughs> oh my goodness. Oogie Boogie's my favorite. He is so cool. I love how positive Jack Skellington is. You know, he's such a weirdo and he scares everybody, but he just has this uh, the utmost belief uh, in his own uh, Christmas ideas. Yes. So, so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to adapt to the, what is available to me. And, you know, as we talked about before, you know, when, when you want something and it's not available, you appreciate what is and, and try to enjoy what is, and that's what I'm trying to do. So what is, is I have them before and afterwards today, we're going to go pick out a Christmas tree. We're going to decorate it together. Those are the kinds of things that are available to me and that I'm really enjoying. Now, am I sad? Of course. Am I going to miss them? Tremendously. There's no question about it. But I'm also giving myself a great treat. So I'm going back to L.A. And in fact, Patrick, I was going to talk to you about coming and joining me for this. I'm going to go see a very unique musical called Both. And what they did, it's the Open Fist Theater, is they have adapted all of the Beatles songs to tell the nativity story. Oh, I love oh that. wow. It is one of the most creative. And next year, Tom, I'm going to bring you back for that. You and you and Didi. What's it called? It's called both. And the only place they do it in, in LA and all the money goes to children's activities, right? Or programs and stuff like that. Like, you know, kids that have been orphaned or kids that have been abused and stuff. And, Every have they act- been doing this for a while? 
been going on for about eight years, I think. Yeah, I have a client who 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 was in the, the I think one of the original, maybe the original one of those, because I remember her talking about being in this so and creative. how exciting it was for her. It's so creative. They all volunteered her time. Nobody's paid. The musicians are top LA musicians. The actors and actresses are some of the best in the United States. They all want to audition for this role because it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It is phenomenal the experience i have with this thing oh it's it, great oh man so so i gave myself the opportunity to go do something like that which is you know i wouldn't be doing that otherwise well so, and, let's, and let's back up because none of that's possible without the first step of acceptance it's not a challenge to accept something that you're okay with it's when you talk about acceptance it's accepting something that you're just simply not okay with to begin with and what you're talking about is a perfect example of that is like how do you feel about not being with your kids it's like well i don't i don't like it at all but is is am i are you putting any energy into complaining about that or trying to change it right you're going no there, there's no need to do that then the, the need is for me to take the, take what it is and work with it right and by moving the holiday to a different day and by making a plan for the uh initially planned holiday that uh you know is going to be soul nourishing to some extent you know you're not allowing yourself to live in this zone of i'm going to be pissed i'm going to be disappointed i'm just gonna you know what i mean it's an adaptation right well listen this is back to what we talk to people about all the time with emotional sobriety is that are you going to be claimed by your experience or are you going to claim it that's right are you going to be claimed by it or claim it? I'm trying to claim my experience. So I am trying to have a relationship with what's going on that that is going to be the best possible you know, relationship given the limitations and parameters that I'm having to deal with. That's so it. It's, vic it's victim, not non-victim. It's vic victim right. is I'm determined. I'm, I'm defined by what happens. And well, non-victim is I'm defined by how I respond to what happens. And that's a beautiful example. And let me just say, uh, you know, Each of us are doing that. See, that's the thing here, you guys, is that, you know, for whatever reason that we find ourselves in this, it is a, a living example. All three of us are a living example of how we're applying some of these principles that we have been talking about in emotional sobriety to dealing with the crises that each one of us are dealing with and struggling with in our life. We're right. doing it individually and we're doing it together, you know, and, and celebrate that. In my case, it's not a binary, definitely not a binary, Ver you know, being claimed versus claiming, I, you know, if I can just get about like uh, at least 60% oh, yeah. uh, claim, uh, and then the 40 is be claimed because, you know, uh, I do kind of fall, fall down and I and I and I succumb, I think, to the darkness at times. But look, see, but don't put that expectation on yourself that you got to get there. I mean, Tom and I, I think, are incredible examples of that. It's a process. I yeah. you heard me. I was objecting. I couldn't stand what was going on. How could she do this to me? This wasn't supposed to happen, man. You saw me. How many times did I cry that lament to you, man? Mm -hmm. Both of you guys, you know, it's mm -hmm. like it's taken a lot to get to acceptance. It wasn't just a snap of the fingers, you know. It's, well, it's, a, it's a it's a continuum, and we move on along that continuum. Like one of the things I said, you know, when you guys complimented me on my good attitude going into my my cancer treatment was, well, none of that held up at all. 
you know, right. I, you know, that, and I wasn't, I wasn't exaggerating. It's like, like, right. no, I, I had, I had the lousiest attitude there could possibly be, and I was just pissed off at the world for having to go through this once, once it started to become real. Uh, and but, the, but the idea is, and I can, what you're saying, Patrick. I can still wake up in the morning and kind of assess where I am on that continuum and, and hopefully make some decisions about how I can move myself in a, in a better direction. But, but uh, um, I've, I've, I've always, I've always been one, somebody who, who at, at night for some reason resets to the negative. I've talked to lots of people about this. It's like, like um, I know people who wake up and they're just happy to be awake. And the, like, you know, I wake up, even even in, in in the best of times of my life, I still wake up and go, oh fuck, you know. It's like even even if life <laughs> is wonderful, it's it's like so when something like this is going on, I have to be I I know myself well enough to know I have to be really careful because because that's that that part that will claim me is is is, is tends to be stronger in the morning, you know, and and uh, and so I need to be ready. I need to be ready to 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 push back and, and move my move myself on that continuum to do something more it's it's really a helpful thing on sunday mornings for instance when i know that i have this to do it's like you know because i can wake up i can feel i, I can feel as shitty as, as i might feel but one of the things i have a voice in my head says just make it to 11 you're going you're going you're going to a meeting you know you're going to a support group at, at 11 o'clock because because that's that's where alan and patrick will be and, and it's like and i'm always better once we talk right right on me too I'll give you another example of the resistance Tom was talking about. So about three weeks ago, I started to feel some pain in my hip flexor. Had trouble lifting up my left leg as high as I could lift up my right, like bending your knee, you know, like doing high knees and stuff like that. So I decided I'd keep playing tennis, keep doing the boxing. And guess mm -hmm. what? It kept getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. to the point where I was limping around. I mean, gimping around. It took until I could hardly walk for me to finally surrender that I couldn't do this alone. <laughs> mm. And I reached out and I got some help last Friday. I went to this chiropractor in the area and he did some electrical stimulation, some heat, some adjustments. And my God, it's three days later. And for the first day, I was able to walk for most of the morning without a limp. Right. Mm. So it's once again, it's like, so, you know, what I got, the insight I had is my self-reliance will interfere with my adaptation. Yeah. Because I feel like I got to do it by myself to be well, able that's to. A, that, see, that's a great example, especially for people who are listening, who are, who are trauma survivors. Because, man, trauma survivors are, you know, the, one of the lessons so often is learned is, is I can't trust anybody. And I need to, I have to do this myself. And it's like, it's, it's so difficult to know to to learn that thing about how when and to whom to reach reach for help but that's but there are times where we just have to do that and 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 again we want we want people to be very careful about how they do that because we don't want them to repeat old patterns but but there are there are people who can be trusted that's right that's right and this this guy he was i haven't been to many chiropractors this guy was very good no, I get that. I get that part where you just, you just, you just, you know, you're, you're, you're hurting, you're having trouble and you double down. I can identify with that. Oh my just... God. I doubled down, man. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Yeah. No. One way, Wonder. one way I can put to work um, the rough spots of this year, both 
in my life and, you know, what I've observed from what you guys have been going through is that um, trouble will come and uh, that is part of a process. And um, I should not take trouble as evidence that, uh, you know, things are going poorly or that, you know, I had it all wrong before the trouble came. Right. right. It's it's that um, this is a it's a very natural continuum and uh, we just need to keep uh, getting back on that horse. Right. Right on, guys. Right on. So listen, good show today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad that uh, it came to me to talk about this adaptation and that what we're all doing and we're all in on. How about if we focus next time on the expectations that can interfere with enjoying these holidays and and making matters worse. How's that? Perfect. Perfect. I love it. And I would like to get uh, a Canadian we both know in on that. Uh, so maybe I can uh, do some fishing. Bring him in. Love that guy. <laughs> and uh, one last thing. Um, it's just such a joy to see CC. Like, I uh, I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but uh, something about seeing somebody just starting out on the, uh, on, in, the in this uh this wonderful process of life um, with so much uh, lightness and their gaze and whatnot. It really kind of cheers me up every time I see her. Tinge your life, tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative wherever you 